Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 140 of our podcast. 60 episodes left of our podcast, You know who you just sounded like? I was like, what does that intonation sound like? Dax doing the intro to Armchair Expert. That's where you got that from. I haven't listened to an Armchair Expert in a long time. But that that sound is like in your brain because that that sounded just like that. Now, how do you know I wasn't doing that before Dax and Dax didn't listen to our podcast? (laughs) Good point. Uh, Hello. I don't know. Welcome to our podcast. We are currently in a new country, which we'll tell you about in a couple weeks. Are you kidding? What? That's such a tease. I know, but that's the fun of it. You know what else is really fun? You're such a tease. We got new water bottles. <laughs> uh, this is just we to did. share like a small part of the traveling adventure when you're traveling full time is you start the year with like a full roster of your stuff, 246 items, however many we had that we brought with us combined, right? And we had these water bottles that we scouted out. We showed them in our packing videos. They were great. They were Brita water bottles that had charcoal filters that you replace about once a month. Yeah. And you can basically use sink water anywhere and it'll filter in the bottle. They were great. Fantastic. Two problems with them. Number one, we could not get new filters Because we in only Europe. brought enough for like six months or something. Yeah. Because right. it would, I mean, there's a lot to bring and also two of them broke. Like they're kind of fragile because they're charcoal. They are pretty fragile. They're just charcoal. So, but I, I tried, I ordered a set. They never showed up. Never showed up. Dispatch, but just into never the ether. Uh, and then I was actually thinking, we've got some family coming over to join us. I was like, oh, my family could bring them. I'm like, that's really a, like a pain. Out. And not that big, but just still. It's like a thing it's you got to ask. they have to worry about. Yeah. And yeah. as people who like their bags are stuffed to the brim, like we don't want you to try and fit more of a thing. So we bought new water bottles. And I'm just curious because everyone has been asking in the comments, <laughs> how are you enjoying the new water bottle? It's great. Okay. It works very similarly to the other one. Yeah. I told you the only thing that bothers me is like the piece, <laughs> the filter that goes into the water bottle is it sort of has this like it's limp, a... <laughs> floaty quality to it. And yeah. it just, it's this long phallic yeah. object that uh, just yeah, dangles. like ding, dingle dangles around <laughs> in there. And it makes me feel weird every time I drink. <laughs> so I told so you. That's you, a, that's a feature. Yeah. Um, I knew you had some feelings about this water you, bottle. you... Knowing who I am and the fact that you're my husband, when we got them in the mail and we were filling them up, you gave me the piece of paper that comes with it that says, "Yeah, set your expectations. There might be like a, a little what did it after, say? It just said like a little sour aftertaste, aftertaste is yeah. what it said. And so I was like, oh, here it goes. This yep, is where I'm yep. so disappointed in the purchase. Didn't have an aftertaste at all. It was Because I set you up for it. I also yeah. did the prep work on the water bottle, 15 minutes of soak. Then I did a back flush. I really, really set you up. Yeah, I really set you up. So, okay, you're devoting your Pramble dime to the water bottle. I wanted to bring something up in our, our travel Pramble. Also, please send me an email. Let me know if you just enjoyed our <laughs> Dingle Dangle water bottle, which you can find at your local retailer. Just ask them for the Dangle oh, water God. bottle. These are the times where this is why we aren't influencers. Because right, exactly. We, we would be like, have a partnership with this water bottle company, and we'd be like, yep, it's, it's a lot like a floppy dick. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, <laughs> we're gonna, yeah. yeah, we're not going to re-up our sponsorship. Oh, okay. Yeah. The dingle dangle water bottle that we renamed it. You don't like that? <laughs> you might have to be bound. You said? I was just thinking people who listen with their children. children. But maybe but, you said it fast enough. Also, it's just a piece of our anatomy. Come on. <laughs> not in the way that I presented it. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's actually talk about some real Pramvel stuff. No. No, I, I want to transition to real Pramvel. You can't. You <laughs> devoted your time to the water bottle, and uh-huh. I want to say something. Okay. I just want to say, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I've been talking to you about it for the past couple of days, but I am so filled with gratitude yeah. for the ways that this trip, which has been difficult at times, amazing at times. We're in our nine, ninth month now. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely challenging. But for all of my anxiety warrior folks out there, I have to say, especially lately, I don't know why it's so noticeable lately, but like my anxiety thresholds, my baseline anxiety has gone so much farther down than it used to be. Yeah. And it's wild because it's like counterintuitive. You would think that putting yourself in these like, 
anxiety-inducing situations all the time would make me more anxious, but it's something has happened where my brain is now able to process those things in a way where, like, I know this sounds like absolutely wild, but I got my hair done when we were in um, England, and I used to have such debilitating anxiety to go get my hair done, which sounds so weird. But whenever I'd be in a new environment with like weird things happening and talking to people and like leaning my head back and there's weird lights and like all these things used to like really trigger me and I would get dizzy and I would feel weird and I would just feel uncomfortable. And so getting my hair done was not even fun because it was like such an anxiety inducing experience. I used to have such wild anxiety walking through a mall. Mm-hmm. And it's just because of how many stimuli, stimuli there were. It was yeah. just messing with my brain. I used to get anxiety uh, going going on trains or definitely I mean, any flights. Transport. Like anything, yeah. any transport, in the car. Like all of these daily experiences used to be so wildly uncomfortable for me. And it just left me feeling exhausted to be alive because it was just everything. And I don't think people who don't deal with you know, whether it's anxiety or, or any type of like daily battle like that can fully, people who don't necessarily have to fight that battle. I don't know that they understand how constant that ticker is in your brain of like, well, okay, this experience is going to be, you know, and it's just like, it's hard. And so just the past few days, I've noticed how much I don't have that ticker anymore in my brain going, this is going to be terrible. It's going to be hard. This is, you know, the physical sensations of my anxiety are so so much duller. And the reason I want to share that is one, just because I just want to say out loud that I'm really grateful for it. But two, I want to share that for anyone who does deal with anxiety as proof that, because sometimes when you deal with that, you can convince yourself that you're going to be like this forever and that it's not going to change in any way or transform in any way. And that it's not, you feel like you have a limb, your brain has a limitation that you can't break through. Yeah. And we all have limitations. I'm not going to pretend they don't exist. I'm not going to pretend that you can just manifest them away. I'm not going to pretend that you just have to think happy thoughts and that you're not going to experience anxiety. But what I do want to share with you is that from someone who has put themselves in uncomfortable situations over and over again, I'm telling you it's possible for it to change. It's possible to change your brain. And I just hope that provides like a little sliver of hope to people who deal with that. Can I offer a uh, medical diagnosis from the I wish PhD you that I don't have? I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> uh, it's not a, it's not a, uh, a bad one and I'm not going to mansplain anything to anybody. <laughs> My hypothesis of uh-huh. this is the same thing when it comes to physical exercise. Right. And it's whenever you start physical exercise, even if you're someone who has worked out a ton or someone who has not worked out at all, the, the beginning and middle of that journey it sucks. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Like you don't feel like you're getting any fitter. You don't feel like you're getting any stronger. You don't feel like you're getting, like, it's always hard, right? Like you're going and you're doing whatever thing and you're like, this is still so difficult. And I really believe that for you, that was like six months of this journey. It was just every day going into the gym, quote unquote, or which is our travels. Mm-hmm. And it all sucked. But then there is always a time. And now, you know, this after doing a year of right. physical fitness journey, there's this moment where it's almost an overnight shift. Where you realize like, oh, this is not as difficult as it yeah, once was. Yeah, you almost realize like things that you put so much mental effort towards, you don't have to put very much mental effort towards it. And I really before. think that is, again, coming from my PhD that I don't have, is the like the mental rewiring of the neural pathways. Yeah. Like I think it, it takes time and then just something clicks it over and it goes, oh, okay. Like I have new pathways now. Like I don't have to use the old pathways. I can use these new ones. Yeah, I think there is also something to again from my lack of PhD to speak on this You're, subject. You have a double masters in non PhD. Double masters in not qualified at all to talk about right. this. And I think there's something to the desensitization factor. Yeah. Where I've just now done these hard things so many days in a row for so long that my brain, because so much of anxiety is a hypersensitivity to your surroundings, to your, it's like a hypervigilance, right? It's how you could describe it. And so my thing, just my brain has been vigilant for so long. And like in these scenarios that it's almost like it can take us rest. And think about like our time living in California, especially during the pandemic for two years, 
there were no new experiences. Exactly. I mean, it was it just had, the same thing. So your anxiety exactly. never had a chance to get better because it was just stuck in the same And loop. I know this about, remember when I had driving anxiety and I was like, I really want to find a way to lessen this. And what did we do? We practiced repetition. If you've yeah. been listening to the podcast for long enough, you remember this, where we would just get in the car and we would literally go around the block and that would be it for the day. Yeah. And then the next day we'd go a little bit farther and a little bit farther and it's the same methodology. And eventually you drove me home from my uh, dental, dental appointment. appointment where I forced you to get in and you out. You forced me to get in and out, which was not on the, <laughs> the plan. And you had to go in. I was like, Jason, yeah. do not deviate from the plan. And hi, Jason, from his <laughs> dental appointment was like, can we get in and out? Yeah, and I was like, Jason. Told me that, yeah. And then he's like, and then the, remember the line was backed up. And I was like, oh, sorry, but like the line's too far. I don't think we'll make it. And you go, do you think you should go inside? <laughs> and? And I did. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. All right. Let's get into the actual God, that's Bell. Good, good line. We need to bring that back in rotation. Yeah. Do you think you should go inside? Uh, for those of you who are curious, my asthma is definitely better. A hun- definitely better. We have changed countries uh-huh. from being in England, and I have already noticed a big difference. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how it goes throughout talking, because talking is really the thing that is the worst mm-hmm. with it. But... Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's definitely feeling better. Let's talk about a couple of different stories from our time in Portugal, though. Okay. So that's actually what we want to share some time from. So uh, if you listened a couple episodes ago, episode 137, we shared the news that we are moving to Portugal. So exciting. We talked a lot about it in that, but there were a couple different stories from there we wanted to bring back around. Right. So we, like close the we told on. you a little bit about our scouting trip in that episode, but we mainly focused on our decision to move. So... And then through the past few weeks of episodes, we told you about how then we went back to England. Yeah. No. Then we caught up the England before Portugal. Yes. That's what happened. Yeah. We, did okay. we went back afterwards. You'll hear about that next <laughs> So now where we are in the world is we left you off at the Dutch barn. Not not physically where we are in the no, world. No, no, no. Where we're we are story in the storytelling yeah. world. It's so difficult to keep track. <laughs> yeah. Is we were uh, in a little area called Wiccan. We stayed at the Dutch barn. We did the corn maze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So... Then, yeah, yeah. I, I think we've already talked about being in Portugal, so I just maybe I'll help you if I tell you what I had in mind. Okay, great. So in Nazare, what, what about what I just said would make you think I need help? Yeah, in Nazare slash Nazare slash Nazare. Nazare. We uh, we. If any of you have seen the documentary "The Hundred Foot Wave" on HBO, on HBO, this is all about the like it's arguably the biggest waves in the world are yeah. off the coast of this tiny Portugal town called. We're going to call it Nazare because it's just sure. easy, okay? But in this documentary, we're like, let's listen to how they pronounce it, like Portuguese people in yes. the documentary. Because all the Americans pretty much call it Nazare. Yes. But they're interviewing also locals in Portugal, and we're like, oh, we want to say it right. And so I'm like, I think it's Nazare. And then no one said it that way. It yeah. was like, Nazare, yeah. Nazare. It, it was so just, many different pronunciations. We have no idea. Yeah. So we're going to go with Nazare. So I want to talk about our, our beach day in Nazare. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about our well hotel okay. that we had. And then just want to talk about just where our mindset was at the end of that trip and like how we were feeling. Okay. So those are my three, three little parts and we have 10 minutes to do it or less. Okay. okay? And then we'll move on to the bulk to of the, the episode. Yeah, actually what we talk about. So, uh, Nazare, mm-hmm. again, trying to just say it one way is difficult now because I've said it so many different ways. Uh, we had this day where we decided we were going to walk from our Airbnb down to the beach. Mm-hmm. And this is in, if you look up any photos of Nazare beach, you see this like super packed beach. But if you look up North Beach, yeah. there's a beach that's on the other side of the lighthouse. The lighthouse is kind of like the dividing point of Nazareth. You have like the Southern Beach and you have the Northern Beach. Yeah. Uh, the Northern Beach is actually where they go in for the 100-foot wave surfing. Right. We didn't really know any of this. No, we didn't. We hadn't started watching the show until after Highly we Highly recommend beach. staying in Nazareth and watching the documentary. It's great. It was very fun. You really fun. get a, a, you know, a nice acclimation to the area. But anyway, so we have this like, I think it was like 30 minute walk to get to the beach. Probably. Uh, so not close, Mm-mm. and but also physically it's not that far. It's no. just, there's no direct route. Exactly. So from our Airbnb, you're basically behind this little local neighborhood yeah. and you can see just like expansive ocean views. And so you think to yourself, just walk right that way. Yeah. Just, just walk that direction. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Took 30 minutes. So we, we navigated down. There were tons of signs. It didn't, about, uh, didn't end up having to use Google Maps. Like mm-hmm. I was looking at the map. I was like, oh, there's just lots of signs that say beach this way. Yeah. And you're following all the cars and you're going, you're going. But we get down to the beach and we finally are walking onto the sand. And I just wanted to share this moment where that was for you, where I think you started looking around and you were like, oh, I could live here. Yes. And it was something about, so the way that that beach is set up, there's like this like dune, this big dune. 
in front of where everyone parks. And so it's like this like skinny road down to where people can park, but it's jam packed obviously because yeah. it's the summer and you're kind of all the cars, you have all the surfers who are like hanging their wetsuits out of their van doors and stuff. And it gave me this like very, I grew up in Florida in the States and it gave me this like wave of nostalgia for just that life of that beach life that I grew up with. Yeah. And it was this weird transformative moment where I thought, my childhood and my comfort is combining with this new environment. And I'm seeing that that feeling exists somewhere else in the world. And it was so cool because I was like, Oh my gosh, I could see us coming down. And again, we weren't, we're, we we're don't plan on living there. in yeah. Nazareth, but it really showed me like what a Portugal beach experience felt like. Yeah. And it was just so fun. And then you get down to the beach and it's huge. Oh, the beach itself. Yeah. It's gigantic. Huge. And also it was pretty empty. Like it was, Barely. there were a good amount of people, but the beach was so big. You couldn't tell. Right. But the, the, that later that day. So we spent time at the beach, a couple topless people at the beach, in case those of you were wondering, like, is it a thing in Europe? Yes, absolutely. it absolutely is. Uh, and just as Americans who don't see that often, like, I'm, I'm obviously not staring at another person, but I'm just like, I, I, I don't see this in, in life. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. You got to get used to it. I know. Uh, so we decided we were going to walk back into town. Mm -hmm. So we looked, this is where we looked at Google Maps because we weren't going to go back the way we came because our Airbnb isn't right in town. And it was like, oh, okay, this is like a 17-minute route. And we're like, oh, okay, that's not bad. Great. So we start walking, and all of a sudden we're noticing like, oh, this isn't on a road. This is like a, like a trail. We're like, oh, that's okay. But the trail is soft sand. It is the a whole soft time. Sand. Think a forest, yes. an actual forest with hills, but the entire ground is just soft sand. Like imagine it's about to be quicksand. Like you've seen <laughs> movies and quicksand is coming. It's that that we we were fighting through. We had to stop every 4 minutes to rest and because it was so hot. Too. It was it took us 40 minutes to walk there. It may have been 17 minutes at a pace you can walk, not in soft sand. No, we were laughing so hard. We were like, "Okay, well, this is what we get for trying to go the shorter route that yeah. was somehow through we this, the quicksand forest. Uh, so anyway, that but when we got back into the town of Nazare, we got to like basically where the lighthouse is, which is like the famous point. We didn't go out to it. The we main were, little city center, the Prasa. Yeah, we got a little burger to go for takeaway. And then we sat and overlooked the <gasps> South Beach. And wow. this is where you saw the like, oh my gosh, this is packed. But it's so funny to me because it's like, if you just drive 10 minutes further, you can go to a beach where there's not that many people. I don't get which it. Which is very interesting. But... Nonetheless, that was our, our little beach day trip at Nazare that I think like... It was so enjoyable. It started this feeling of, uh-oh, we could possibly live here. Yes. So the second part of this journey that was fun, we were so we were going to be on this two-week scouting trip. We did the first week, we stayed in Nazare, and then just drove all over the Silver Coast area. And we got to the end of that second week, basically, and we were like, let's just stay in the Silver Coast. And so for those of you listening to episode 137, you already heard a lot of this. But what you didn't hear that we didn't talk about was, well, now how the heck do we do that? Because we wanted to book the place that we saw that was for rent, but just for the week because it was available for a short-term rental. But there was one night that we yeah. couldn't go they into that place. They only book from Saturday to Saturday. And so we had this Friday night yeah. kind of lingering that we didn't have a place to stay. So yeah, our Airbnb, we couldn't stay the Friday night. So we had to find a place to stay. So quickly I started looking and I found two hotels that looked very interesting and unique that were in the Silver Coast area. One of them was like super funky and modern. I'm going to leave both of these as links in the description so you can check them out. Just so funky and modern, but they had no availability. Again, it's August. This is peak tourism season. Like, and this is for like the day after, this basically. Is literally the next day. Yeah. The other hotel, which is called the Well Hotel and Spa, which is like a spa hotel, uh, had an availability. It had a larger room. And I was like, okay, great. I'm going to book this. So I book it. I tell Carol. I'm like, yeah, we're good to go. We then book the, the week stay. We let that person know. So we're good to go. Good to go. So we, we pack up. From Nazare, it's an hour south. We drive down. We get to the hotel. Do we have lunch somewhere? Or we just yeah, went straight to the hotel? we have lunch somewhere. We have lunch somewhere. So we're, bellies are full. We're excited. We're going to be staying in the Silver Coast longer for another week. Like, this could be our new life. Like, we're figuring this all out. We get to the hotel. We go to check in. Extremely friendly people at the check-in desk. And I give her our passports. And she's like, I don't have a booking for you. And I'm like, that's okay. Listen. We're seasoned travelers. Things yeah. go wrong. So I'm pulling up my reservation. And I'm like, oh, here it is, booking.com. And I show it to her. And she's looking. She's like, yeah, no, that, yeah, okay. She's looking. She's like, I don't. She's like, let me see it again. She's like, oh, you booked it for next Friday. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, what? I'm going to save you the rigmarole of why that happened, why I think that happened. I don't blame myself. No. I blame booking.com, which we never use, blah, blah, blah. Anywho, 
so we're asking her, and I so it was paid. It was a non-refundable. We always book refundable, but because it was, it was the, the next, next day, day, I'm like, why would we possibly That's cancel? That's what it? was so funny. We were yeah. like, there's why would we? So basically, what she said was. I, I can't do anything to give you your money back. She's like, we do have a room for you. And so basically we were going to have to pay double. We were basically going to have to pay double. We were going to have to pay for the room that we had already booked, non-refundable, and then then the night that. And it was like not the same room. Yeah. Um, but she was so nice about it. And also we were very not frazzled by it no, just because, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think we were riding the high of We were riding the Silver high. Coast. We were like, you can't ruin our vibe. Yeah. Mistakes happen. We, we've talked about this many times. We saved up a fund before this trip for like a like a oh crap Airbnb situation thing. Yeah. So like the money part, we were like, we we planned ahead for this. It's fine. And, but she was so kind. And, and Jason had written that it was my birthday because yes. it was my birthday on Tuesday when he booked it. And so she was like, I think she felt so like she, yeah, bad like, because it was like my birthday and everything. Yeah. And so she was like trying to figure out anything that she could do. And so she was like, okay. She was like, you got, she basically was like, go to the beach yeah. and come back. Give me 20 minutes. Yeah. And come back and we'll have a surprise for you. And I was yeah. like, that was so sweet. So we do exactly that. We go, we have a nice little cocktail overlooking the beach. It's a very cute little beach town, little fishing village town. Yeah. We come back in to getting ready to check in. We go up to our room. First of all, love the hotel. It's oh, the very hotel much our vibe. Is Concrete so cool. floors, yeah. like cool. It's very like almost Tulum, Mexico it vibes. It definitely felt like that. And they have set up like rose petals from the front door to this little slab of wood bench with like hearts and like yeah. this whole fruit plate, this, this cake, they yep. had they, a mini cake, a little coconut cake, coconut yep. birthday cake, uh, and a bottle of champagne. And it was just the most delightful thing. And I just think that's a lesson in life about sometimes if you just remember that people are there doing their job and you don't. Yeah, don't get angry. Like it's not it, their fault. It would have been know? so easy just to like be upset with them because yeah. of something that I did wrong or the website did wrong or whatever. Just because you're frustrated in that moment. Yeah. But just like it's fine. It'll all work out. And and she really appreciated that. We really appreciated her. In the end, I, we didn't. I didn't even get to see her when we checked out the next day because she worked a different shift. And I was like, okay, I'm expecting to pay like the double room. And the woman who checked out was like, no, the uh, Anna took care of it. She was like, she figured she, it out. She figured it out. I'm like, what do you mean she figured it out? And just, she was like, I don't know if she figured it out. <laughs> so somehow they figured it out. And it was just such an amazing experience. So we can't say enough good things about Well Hotel and Spa. Not sponsored. The next, the next time you're in Portugal scouting out Silver Coast to move to. <laughs> Go there. Please feel free to stay there for at least a night and say hello to Anna. Uh, okay, so the last thing I want to say just to wrap up the Pramvel from Portugal is just how you felt at the end of it and then, you know, basically making this life decision or at least thinking we were going to make that life decision. Yeah. I mean, by the end of the week that we st- the, the extra week, week yeah. the second week where it was really like, that was our test drive week. Um, by the end of that week, it was almost like, yeah, well, I don't know why we wouldn't do this. Yeah. And what's funny is we didn't really sit down and like have a conversation. That's where what we, I wanted you to get to. Yeah. Where we, my, in my mind, when we started the scouting trip, I thought, this is going to be hard. I'm going to have an experience. And at the end of this experience, we're going to sit down and we're going to do pros and cons and we're going to weigh it out and we're going to really decide. But something happened while we were there, which was that my whole soul felt so like in alignment with this decision that you and I didn't really have a discussion about it. And it wasn't even by choice. And I think you actually led the charge more than I did because I was really trying to like not push you into anything. Right. You very much left pressure. it up to me. And yeah. I was just like, well, guess we're doing this. And so you were like, okay, don't say anything because maybe it'll play cool, freak play her cool, out. Play, play cool, cool, play cool, play cool. Look around, look around. And so it just felt, it felt, the best way I can describe it is it felt like a hell yes. Yeah. You know? And so in many things in life, when you feel that way and you feel drawn to taking the next step in that way, you kind of have this mentality of, I'll figure it out. Whatever yeah. the cons are, the pros are so worth it. And so I think that's why we didn't need to have the conversation. I imagined it would be a much harder decision, but the decision became so clear that I just was sort of like, I'll f- we'll figure out whatever the, you know, challenges are that arise. Yeah. Um, and now I will say, and maybe we'll talk about this in future episodes, there was sort of a hangover from that because yes. this past week, not to jump ahead too much, but you know, I was having feelings and we, I was sort of like something weird is in the air, like the energy wise. And when, whenever you and I are not like fully on the same page, I always know there's some, un, there's some deeper feeling that has not been said aloud. 
And so I'm always like, wait a second. Like, and sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's like a thing that you're like, I don't think I've been honest about like how much I'm taking on or whatever. And, and a lot of times it's me. And it's like, and I have to just interrogate my own feelings for a second to be like, why am I bringing unnecessary tension to this, these interactions? And what I discovered this past week was, oh, I think this is the hangover of us not having a full conversation about, <laughs> about this small change in our this lives, <laughs> tiny minuscule change in our lives. Yeah. And it was starting to make me feel like I was, all the worries were being held within just me and I needed to share those and, yeah. and like really kind of talk it out. And the second I made that awareness, it, it was so much easier. Like yeah. the tension was gone. Yeah. Um, and so that's just also a lesson for yeah. life is in making these big decisions. Sometimes it is a hell yes, but set aside that time to really allow yourself to you know, and sometimes it's not right away. You have to let it process and then communicate whatever your fears are. Because if you don't communicate those things, you can bottle them up inside. Yeah. And especially if you have a partner who's more risky, that can start to feel like it shows up intention. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk more about the Portugal move and like all the logistics that are going on with it. And I think what we'll do is we'll also, uh, we have the, the porch, porch bell, por, por bell, por pram bell, whatever the Portugal Porch-a-pram. part is. Porch pram. Thank you. Uh, that will be, you know, this is kind of like a full version of that, but each week we'll be just checking in on checking some stuff in. and how we're feeling. But as of right now, percentage of wanting to move to Portugal? Oh, 100. Okay. I'm still at 160%. You've gone down 10%, <laughs> which is not good. I was at 110. Yeah. You okay, were. That feels right. Okay. Because now the, the reality has set in. Exactly. So I'm still 100%. Let's get into the actual episode topic here. And we are talking about social media Please. yet again, which feels like we've done tons of episodes about social media. But I think in looking back, we've actually only done like four out of yeah. 140. So it's right. not that many. When this is such a large thing that people think about and have to deal with. And I, I think it's something that we... We take for granted, as we said in the notes, our ability to not use social media. And so I think we want to talk about that for a business specifically. Definitely. So a couple things in this episode. I want to check in with just us on where we are with our own social media detox. For those of you who are maybe just newer, uh, I made the decision. Jason's done many social media detoxes over since the years. Since 2014. Yeah. He's been taking time off since 2014. I made the decision at the beginning of this year to really do a complete off Instagram, complete off TikTok, like all, everything, um, and not not posting and also not consuming. And I did that as like an experiment of let me just do this for 30 days. It was because we had just started our trip. We were in Portugal. It was a lot coming at me and I just needed a, to feel like I wasn't in the noise anymore. And a week turned, or a, a month turned into two months, turned into three months. And now it's been nine months since I've even looked at Instagram. Yeah. <clears throat> Every once in a while, I, I'm like, what are, what's so-and-so up to? And right. I'll go look at their account. It's not like I'm, I don't have the app or anything like that, but I mean, it is not in my daily routine yeah. what, whatsoever. And so we want to check in on that. How are we feeling about that? And then also now that Jason and I are very much in this place of, you know, our business runs without social media. Yep. We already sort of proved that with our spring enrollment. I want to talk about though, I want to make it really clear where we stand as far as I have no desire to tell people that it's as easy as just, oh, you don't have to be on social media. You can just run your business. Because if you're a new business getting started, I do think that social media is an important tool to use in order to get visibility. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. Like, I want to be really clear about that. However, if you're someone who doesn't like the experience of it, if you're someone who thinks it hurts your mental health, if you're someone who doesn't want to be beholden to it in order to run your business, I want to talk about some ways that I do think it's possible to create an off-ramp for yourself of how you don't have to use social media. And you may not be able to quit it right away, but it's sort of like what we have been able to do with our business. Yeah. So you want to talk about the personal stuff first? Yeah. So I think for me, the... And I've talked about this before, but like I get so much of my personal social online interaction from our Wandering Aimfully Slack community. Right. So this is really helpful for me because I think if I didn't have that, I would probably have the FOMO feelings quite a bit more mm -hmm. from not being on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. But I, I feel very fortunate that we've built this community of amazing creative humans who come from all walks of life and share all kinds of interests, some similar, some dissimilar. And I get to have so many interactions with them and I spend so much time in our Wayne Slack channel. Mm -hmm. And so that really does it for me. But you know, there, there are certain people that I have followed for years or been connected to for years on Instagram specifically or Twitter. 
and I do miss out on seeing their stuff. And so like every once in a while, and I would say it's probably like once every two to three months, I'll be like, oh, what's that person up to? And then I'll pop over to their account and I'll click on a few things. And then inevitably, as you do when you're in an app, you're like, oh, well, I'll check on some other stuff. And then immediately when I start checking on other stuff, I want to get out as fast as possible. Like yeah. I just have this immediate feeling of, I don't want to be here. I don't like the way that this makes me feel. And I don't like that psychologically, the app is just trying to keep me here doing other things. Mm-hmm. And and what's crazy too, and we've always talked about this uh, as this like weird thing between our two accounts. My account from the beginning has had so many ads on it. I yeah. get like, I was just looking through an Instagram story the other day because I was looking up like a restaurant or something. And I'm, I'm trying to click through and I got three account ads in a row after the story. Mm. I'm like three different account ads. Like I, I'm not even getting any of my own stuff. And for your account, what's so wild is that you have rarely gotten ads. No, no, no. My personal account, Still I, never. I get no ads. It's wild. I don't know how it happened. Yeah. I, I, I think I joined Instagram in this like weird beta group or something, this cohort where they were like, just they, no that ads. person doesn't get ads. Yeah. I've never gotten an ad on my personal Instagram. It's very yeah. strange. Yeah. Um, Keep going. Uh, yeah. So I think for me, like when I think about not being on social media, especially for, you know, now go for me, it's almost two years that I haven't really been on anything. Like I got back on social media at the very, or Instagram at the very beginning of this trip. Cause I was like, Oh, I'll post like a story and thing. And then I just quickly was like, mm-hmm. I don't like doing this. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't miss Twitter at all. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'll get emailed something that someone's like, this is an interesting Twitter thread. And so I'll click it and I'll read it and I'll be like, yeah, that was interesting. But then I have no interest because I'll see like the breaking news in the right column and I'll see this other stuff and I'm like, this just feels awful. I don't mm-hmm. want to be here. And so I really don't miss Twitter at all. And and honestly, like I, I constantly go back to it and this is just how I think about it. But it's like Twitter to me is just a constant ego stroke. All it is is a look at what I'm doing. Here are the things that I'm doing. Here are the things you need to know that I'm doing. As opposed to Instagram, which was more like, here's a snippet of my life. Here's what I'm up to. Like, I'm sharing like the mundane a little bit of things. And I just, I'm less personally offended by the content, I think, of (laughs) Instagram versus Twitter. Like, Mm -hmm. Twitter, I could never see myself going back to ever again. I just had a weird thought and observation. Sure. And I'm just going to talk it out here. This is not a well-formed thought at all, but I think it is interesting that you said that Twitter like kind of gets under your skin because it's this ego driven thing, but Instagram is like innocuous to you. But like, I, cause I feel the reverse where the stuff on Twitter, like, yes, it is that, but it like doesn't bother me in the way that, because Instagram to me isn't just mundane things. It's to me, it feels very like sort of vanity. Cause when you were like, it's look at me, I'm like, that is what Instagram is. It's like, look at me, look at my life, but it's in this more of a visual thing. And so again, not to share a non well-formed thought and not to overly genderize it. Yeah. However, I wonder if a lot of times the currency of like the traditionally, like the traditional um, role that being a male has played in our society is like my currency is my thoughts and my ego and my success and like, what, you know what I mean? And then for for females traditionally, it's, or for women traditionally, it's the way that I look. Yeah. And so it's very interesting to me that there's, I don't know if there's something to be said about the way that, and again, not to like apply weird gender stereotypes to social media platforms, but it is very fascinating to me that the energy that sometimes comes through on Twitter is very much this like sort of testosterone driven, ego driven, ego driven kind of thing. Um, Whereas sometimes the, the Insta, the, the parts about Instagram that get under my skin are the more trading on looks type of thing. I don't know what there is to that, but it's just something that made me think about when you said that. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of thoughts about my experience with not being on social. Please share. Everyone's asking. I would like to share. Um, I thought that I, because talking about like FOMO and all of that, I don't really have any FOMO when it comes to like not being in the know with things. I will say the one thing that I do think about every so often is I have a little bit of this anxiety of like, by not know, knowing exactly what the world is talking about at any given moment, I'm always a little bit afraid that I'm going to sort of like step into something that I didn't know was going on in the world or, right. or say something, you know, tone deaf or something like that. Um, that hasn't happened yet, but I just, it's part of not being totally in the current of what's happening is that you have a little bit, 
you put yourself in a position where you could very easily say something that's kind of like read the room here. Yeah. Because I don't know what the, I don't know what people are saying in the room. Yeah. So it's hard to read the room when I'm not reading the room. Yeah. Not stepping in the room. Um. But again, that hasn't really happened yet. Um. And I don't think that that's a good enough reason to be in the know all the time. Yeah. Because you know, if that were to happen, I would apologize and I would just be like, I'm sorry, I didn't read the room. Um. And, you know, we do our fair share of just checking in on things like the news and everything, but it's just like in these very titrated ways where like I can go check in on the news of the day without seeing the, all the millions of think pieces about it, right? In a social media stream. And that's how I prefer to consume that. Um, As far as personal connections, I already have a hard enough time in this type of lifestyle keeping up with my thousand and one family members. (laughs) There's so many of them. I have so many family members trying to stay connected and deepen those relationships on an ongoing basis while we're moving in time zones and all these things, that's hard. And then I have my kind of core circle of friends and I want to keep those relationships tight. So it's like, I almost don't have room for those more relationships that I could maybe cultivate in an online way, you know, through Instagram and things like that. But I haven't missed those as much as I thought that I might. Yeah. Um, but I will say that what I do miss a little bit and this is just a um, product of the social media age, I think, is that quite a few of my friends actually, because we're not sharing anything about our trip, they don't even know yeah. what's going on with where we, talk, we are in the world. We talk about this all the time. So for those of you who haven't heard us talk about this before, we have a daily blog that I'm writing that's just for our family and friends. And we've sent that out to people. Now, this is like an old school blog, basically, where there are no push notifications. There are no updates being posted on Instagram. Like, you as a person who would want to read this have to remember where it exists, like bookmark it. But it's a very easy URL, and all you would have to do every day or every few days or every week is just, like, go to this very easy-to-remember URL, and you'd be able to find it and be like, oh. But the hilarious part is, it, and it's, it's really like all of our friends who are our age, they all forget that it exists. Because it's, it's not, not pushed. being pushed to them, exactly. which is really like you see this and we all know this, but like when you create content that is off of all of these platforms, you see that everyone's behavior has become, if it doesn't get pushed to me, I don't see it. Exactly. Which is exactly why to kind of bridge the gap into the business part of this discussion. That's exactly why I want to make it so clear that I'm not out here saying just because I've left social media means that you can leave social media and it won't affect your business. Right. I don't ever want it to sound like we're saying that because I think that would actually be bad business advice. Right. What I want to share in us being able to step away from social media is that because for so many years we invested in things that were not social media, we have traffic that's already working for us. We have a great email sequence that people love through our quiz that gets people onto our email list. We devote so much time and effort into our newsletter content that keeps people nurtured and in our newsletter ecosystem. We have diversified our content, so we have YouTube videos as well. That's another way people can find us. We now have affiliates. We've created such a product that has you know, delivers on its core promise that people stick around and then they promote it for us. So anyway, I'm only mentioning all those things to say we didn't get all of that overnight. Yep. We built it methodically in an order to, uh, and if you're curious about that order, it's our Wham Unboring Business Roadmap and you have <laughs> access to it inside of our program, Wham Unlimited, little nice. shameless plug. Nice. But uh, truly we built that foundation so methodically and so on purpose so that Finally, we got to the place where there were so many things working in our favor that social media was a small, small portion of it, which means that we could off-ramp it. Yeah. We no longer needed it. And it did actually affect our sales a little bit. Yeah. Like, so it's like 10% less sales. Right. Yeah. So now we will accept having 10% less sales in order for my mental health to be probably 60 to 70% better. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's so many things that I want to discuss and we have so many things that we have notes on about using social media for business. And I think as we transition into this, the most important one that I hope someone takes away from this is just that like social media does not have to be this thing that you opt into and that you have to post on forever at a, at a rate and then keep up with all the new technology. Like I think social media needs to be an accompaniment to a bigger plan of content marketing. Exactly. And it's just a piece of it. And, and I think the thing that we have seen for years and I think is still happening because 
it's very easy to see the vanity metrics of social media working by getting more subscribers, more followers, getting some likes, getting some comments. And what you don't see when you write a really helpful in-depth article about your niche of whatever it is that you're doing, like let's say you're a designer and you wanna do a breakdown of all the new differences of Squarespace 7.1 and whatever, what you don't see is when you post that article, some immediate feedback on it. And you might think to yourself like, oh, well, I'm not gonna do that again because I'm not getting any vanity metrics from that. The traffic isn't going up. But what you don't understand is that that traffic is gonna take a year, maybe longer to build up. Like we have this start a business with no money and no ideas article that I wrote five years ago mm -hmm. that is just now, right now, hitting the homepage of Google for that search term. Right. And it's a really good article for us to attract people, to have them get into our long-term, like be on our email list for six months to 12 months, to then see a couple WAME launches, and then finally be at a place where you've started a business, you've dabbled into it, and now you're ready to learn from us. And this is the long tail strategy thinking that Jason and I always talk about, which is patience. You yeah. just have to have patience about it. and. We always say, I, I think it's a proverb that says, you know, the the best, what's the The thing? best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. But this the next best time is today. Exactly. And so that's the point. It's like all of this SEO and articles take so long for it to gain traction. And you can use that as a deterrent to say, well, I should have done it five years ago. And it's like, well, okay, but yeah. you can't go back. Yeah. So five years from now, you will appreciate that you took some time to carve out time to start planting those trees today. And I think that's the thing. The thing is you see yourself right now as a business owner who's using Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And you're like, ah, yeah, like I know I need to write these articles and like maybe start an email newsletter. But I can just go on Instagram and post something and people can reply to it and see it and whatever. Right. But what you're not seeing is that that's keeping you in a loop where you have right. to continue to do that and you're never building the off-ramp. You're never building the plan where you have something else working for you that is attracting an audience that will eventually become customers that gets you out of that loop. And that's the thing for us that I, I want so badly for everybody who feels disillusioned with using social media every single day for their business to start planting the trees today, to Absolutely. start carving out the time. And, and I think the reality here is that there's no way you can just write a whole bunch of amazing articles, post all this social media content, and like in three months you, you leave and, and change everything and drop everything. But I think there is a conversation to be had about where are you in your business and what really matters and when are you trying to reach certain milestones or goals? Because then those decisions become easier of like, ah, you know what, like I'm not making any money from Instagram right now. Like I can't attribute an ROI to it. I know I need to be using it to start building an audience, but maybe I need to take a month or two to really crank out these helpful foundation articles that will bring me organic search traffic in a year or two. I get those done now then go back to using Instagram or just use it once a week moving forward during that time so that you planted those trees and then you can go back and do other things. Totally. And I also, again, the people we're talking to right now are the people who know that in, that being on social media is not where they want to be long-term. Like if you like it, if you enjoy it, that's not who we're talking to. Yeah. I'm talking to the people who they think that it's this thing that they have to do in order to have a successful business, but you know that it's either, either you don't like it, either it's exhausting to you or like at best or at worst, it's actively harming your mental health. Yeah. And that's the camp I was in. And something that I think is important to think about is like, I, I was not satisfied with coming to the conclusion that there was a tactic that I needed to engage in to keep our business quote unquote successful, let's call it profitable that would also be harming my mental health. Yeah. To me, that is a cost too high. Yeah. It's not worth it. I have to find a different way. Yeah. And that's how drastically I have to think about it because that's how drastically this insidious like, effect that social media has on my brain particularly affects me. Yeah. And when I tell you that I'm in so much more of a peaceful place, I'm in so much more of a self-confident place, I'm in so much more of a self-assured place than I was in January because I just have made the, the self-discipline to not be on it and made the decision that I'm willing to take 10% less sales. Yeah. And so I just want to say that because I don't think that, especially if, again, I'm speaking to those of you who know that it's harmful. 
maybe you just think it's something you have to do, but I want you to question that. Yeah. And I think the other part of this conversation, so like just to be really clear about how we generate traffic and how we turn that traffic into customers of our program. So we've written these articles for years that are on our website that have a good amount of SEO paid attention to. And you can read everything that I've learned about SEO, which I poured in all these articles at wanderingamefully.com slash SEO. Also, that article written about four years ago is, I think, on the second page mm -hmm. of like learning about SEO, which mm -hmm. is incredible because that's a nut to crack that's very difficult mm -hmm. getting an SEO article to trend for SEO. Mm -hmm. Very meta. But anyway, we have these articles. There, people are finding them by searching terms in Google, which we all know is not going to go away for a very long time. They're getting to our website. We have a very clear call to action of, hey, are you an online business owner? Are you currently stuck? Take our free quiz. That quiz helps people self-identify into a certain category of something that they're missing in their business or that they just want to improve. We then send them three helpful emails based on their choice, and then they're on our email list. Now, along with that, we also have our YouTube channel, which has videos that have business videos and also travel videos, but all have links to get back to our site. And we view YouTube very much as like a test drive our personalities. Yeah. See if you like learning from us. We have this podcast, which is to me not a big growth opportunity because you're not going to have new people finding a podcast that much right. these days, but we will have people finding our podcast because they heard about us and then listening and going like, oh, okay, I want to learn more. So then they'll go to our site. And then I think the other way that we really attract people is through our existing customer base. And this is through, you mentioned affiliates. So I wanted to share all of that so that you can hear how we're attracting people. And also so that you can know, I mean, I think on average these days, Wandering Aimfully as a site gets about 500 unique visitors a day. So 15,000 unique visitors coming to our website a month. That's not an astounding amount of traffic these days. In fact, our traffic has gone down uh, in the past four years since starting Wandering Aimfully. But the point is, is that we have the right traffic. Correct. And, and so the, what I really want to hit home here is that I hope that you listening to this now, if you are disillusioned with social media and you don't want to be on this hamster wheel, you're putting a plan in place now that a couple years from now, and that may be what it takes, you see an exit strategy to not have to be posting on Instagram, let's just say, or jumping onto the new thing like TikTok and like pouring all your time and energy. And instead, it's a balance. It's a, I'm spending 80% of my time outside of social, building up content, building up other things, building relationships, helping my customers, building some type of like affiliate marketing or, or just referral marketing engine. Then social media on top of it is just like a, I'm staying in tune and I'm like catching people who are here, but I'm not looking at it as the, my main place for attracting attention. Totally. And if you love it, great, go all in on it. Right. But because, but it's really about putting your energy where you know that you're going to spend your time and and so it's like I see these people who I can tell just don't want to be on social but they are showing up because they have to and it comes through in the content yeah. you know um but going back to what you said about all the things that we have in place that's how I would approach this if I was a new business owner and I was like well how am I supposed to you know do all of this without social I would say you don't have to do it all without social but what I would do is start to add, I would reverse engineer how much money do I want to make What's my offer price? How much money how, do I? But the, how much money do I want to make is really important because you can't just go. I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Of course, and we talk about this all the time, which is enough goals, realistic enough yeah. goals. But let's assume that you have a goal that is realistic and that is not just arbitrary. This is how much money, especially like think of it as like a tiered view exactly. too, right? So the what's the most realistic? Sh like let's say something that you feel like you could realistically achieve in the next six months to yeah. a year. What's that monthly number? How many customers at the price of your offer is it going to take to get that on a monthly basis? Great. That's, let's take that number. Now let's reverse engineer from that number. That's going to be your number of sales. How many people do I need to have on my email list nurturing uh, with, you know, newsletter content, regular content, or, you know, viewing my YouTube views or, or my YouTube videos or whatever, whatever your main sort of acquisition yeah. channel is, nurturing channel is, how many people need to be added to that list on a monthly basis. You're going to yep. probably multiply that sales number by 10 because that's a 10% conversion, right? Yep. Maybe even more. Then you get that number. And so that now you start to actually see the numbers and you go, okay, that's how many people realistically I need to get coming to my website, getting, getting onto my newsletter. How am I going to do that? And yep. so you can think about your articles and you, and you can think about using social media as a, complement to yeah. all of those marketing channels 
and you can actually start to develop a clear exit strategy because once you have that machine kind of going and the numbers are working for you and social media is just the cherry on top, you could take that cherry on top any day of the you could take that cherry on top off yep. of your cake any day of the week and your business would still function and you'd still be making the money that you want to make. And I hope another big takeaway from this for those of you who might feel like you're like stuck using social media for your business right now is at the very least, it doesn't have to be a call to action in every post that you put up or every story you create or every reel that you work on or whatever. But there is something that you're always trying to get someone to do outside of that Correct. app. So it's like, that's the thing I think so many people fall into the trap of is I'm creating content for Instagram to keep people in Instagram. Well, guess what's going to happen forever and always in your life then? You're going to create content that keeps people attached to your account in the app. You have to get them out of the app because if they're always stuck in the app, guess what? You're always stuck in the app. And so I think that's a huge part of this too, is just like switching that mind frame of, oh, I'm using social media for business. I, I want to grow business. I want to make money. I want to build a customer base. I want to deliver value. I'm not going to do that within Instagram all the time. And I think we're going to do another episode upcoming here, I think in a few weeks about like, if we were to start a business right now, mm -hmm. what would we do? And so I think that'll be a good complimentary episode to this to like actually tell you through, we would create a strategy. Here's exactly how we would think about it. Here's how much we would use social media, how we would use it and break that down. Now, granted, that's all theory. Like we're not going to actually build a business and do it because we don't have the time or energy and we don't need to. But I think it's really helpful for you to maybe hear how we would approach that and the actual steps and the mindset that we would get in just to not be stuck in these loops. Like I want people to not feel like, oh, I got to log into this thing every day and I got to make a new post every day and I got to check what's trending and like use that audio and like do these different things. Absolutely. So those are our thoughts on social. Uh, hopefully they're Are we going to go back? Go back where? To social. Uh, no. Yeah. As of right now, I don't feel the need to go back to like, maybe I'll feel differently when we're stationary and I'm creating art again and things like that. I don't know. I will say one thing I have because of all the reasons that we talked about with like just my friends and family, like not checking the blog. I think I'm toying with the idea of creating a private account just for my family to be able to keep up with us as we move to Portugal yeah. so they can get sort of a visual window into that experience that gets pushed to them where they are. Yeah. Um, and that's just that again, though, is just serving like a personal connection need, not a business need. Yeah. I think I would like to, at some point, and maybe it's toward the end of this year when we get settled and like, we're not traveling all the time is to create the like nine post kind of like goodbye grid on mm -hmm. our channels. Mm -hmm. So like specifically on Wandering Aimfully, like a nine post grid. Here's why we're not here. Exactly. Like, and here's how to check out our quiz. Here's right. our five-step checklist article that is really helpful for you. Here's our content strategy so you can see why we're not using social. Mm -hmm. Here's our podcast. Here's our YouTube. Like do that kind of like here's our nine post grid and just leave all the other posts. Like we don't have to do the full delete and like that's all that's there. Right. But I think for my personal, I kind of want to do the same thing, yeah. which is like, maybe a couple different highlights from the year or something. See, but even saying that, like, I don't care about it for my personal <laughs> account at all. Yeah, so then don't do it. For the business account, it makes sense because it's a strategic thing. Absolutely. For my personal account, I'm like, but what's the point? Like, but just why? to tell people, it's going it to be nine photos of me eating cinnamon rolls, which I actually think now would be funny to do. And <laughs> I might just do around. that. Yeah. You've come back okay, around. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Okay, great. Uh, so look forward that, to that on my Instagram account at some point by the end of the year. Uh, but yeah, those are our thoughts. We'll see how it all comes together. We'll keep sharing a social media update here and there. If you have found some incredible way that you have loved using social media for your business, feel free to share it with us, especially if it's a resource that we could then reshare. I'd love to put some of those in the show notes or maybe talk about them on future episodes because I know some folks are doing well with social media, but for the most part, just for us, it just Absolutely. didn't feel right. There's no doubt it's a great opportunity. It's just, it's all about what we talk about in business, which is there's no one size fits all. And especially for people who want to run businesses that are aligned with their values and the things they like doing and the way that they want to spend their days. I just think it's helpful to let people know there is another way. There yeah. is another option. Yeah. That's it. Okay. That wraps things up from here. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Thanks good. for listening. Bye. Goodbye.